This next little piece that we're going to do is going to have some links up at shiftheads.ca so you can read the the blog posts for yourself. Solocore.com. Let's hit it. It is a technological world. Blaine Kylo is his name. Solocore.com. S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S.com. He is Vancouver's coolest dad. He's the gaming dad. How you doing, Blainer? You know, there is snow falling on the mountains around here oh. right now. So you get to be the ski dad soon. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> if you don't know Blaine Kylo, every single winter, one of his favorite things to do is go skiing with the fam jam. And it's, uh, it's Blaine's the kind of skier where he's a season pass skier at his hill, but he still goes to other places because he loves skiing so much. It's like if you're a member at a golf course, but you still pay more money to go to other golf courses. That's how much he likes gravity. It's just really fun to be in the snow and in that crisp air. You know what that's like. I do. I live in Alberta. <laughs> we get it often. Uh, thanks for being here. It's great to see you. Now, this is going to seem a little juxtaposed, but we're going to go from that beautiful, crisp outdoor air to sitting in the basement and playing some video games. Where are we going today on Technological World? Well, I want to start by talking about a partnership. And it's a an unlikely partnership, but it's one that had some success a few years ago and it sparked a sequel. We're talking about the partnership between Nintendo, which is, you know, Super Mario Brothers and those kinds of things, and Ubisoft. Now, Ubisoft does all kinds of games. Um, the Assassin's Creed games are some of the most interesting things, but Ubisoft has also got some really hilarious games um, that feature these characters called Rabbids. Now, the Rabbids are what you would expect from a company based in France that has really strange ideas of humor. So they are kind of Jerry Lewis-like in their off-the-wallness. And what's happened is the Mario and Rabbids partnership came together in a first game called Kingdom Battle, and it was a game that put these characters together in a turn-based action game. Now, what those are is where it, each side takes their turn on essentially a grid space. It's almost like playing chess in a video game, where you've got one character or one player that makes their moves and puts their place their their players on the board and then the other player takes their turn and then things resolve it's a very particular kind of video game and the idea that you would put mario and rabbits together in a game like this was a bit off the wall but it really worked and it really worked because it was introducing a new game mechanic to a whole bunch of people who had never thought about it before and it worked because Ubisoft brought this wacky sense of humor that comes with the Rabbids to the experience. Sparks of Hope is a sequel to Kingdom Battle, and it does not disappoint. 
the turn-based aspect of the game is even better because they've gotten rid of the formal grid concept and things are a little more open so you can move around a little bit more on the board. It's just as crazy and goofball humor as it was before. You'll travel to five different worlds in the course of the game and the narrative is a bit incoherent, but it doesn't really need to make sense because really the fun is in the ridiculousness of the rabbits and their goofball costumes and the crazy things they get up to as Mario and Peach and Luigi and the rest of the friends try and save the sparks from the end of the universe. All ages, I'm assuming? it, It is all ages, and that's one of the things that's great about it. Now, if there's something that's frustrating is that it's slow at times. Loading screens are a bit interminable for people who are used to things moving faster. And there's a really long tutorial at the beginning of the game. And my 12-year-old really liked the idea of this game, but had a hard time sitting through all those tutorials parts at the beginning. He just wanted to get to the playing. Right. He had a hard time being patient with that. But if you can be patient through those things, patience pays off. Just like playing the old uh, Nintendo back in the day, waiting for those screens to load. Hey, it's kicking it old school. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Okay, what do we got next? Far Territory? Yeah, one of the really great games coming out of Canada, actually developed in BC by Hinterland Games, is The Long Dark. This is a first-person survival game, so there's a couple of different ways you can play it. One is you can literally go in, and it's got what's called permadeath. So if your character dies in a game, your game is over. If you want to keep playing, you have to start over from the beginning. Um, but you can also play like a narrative sort of game experience as part of the long dark. And what hinterland is bringing is its first substantial expansion and it's called tales from the far territory. So it's an extra 20 bucks for people who own the game, but it's going to give players an additional year of narrative, new environments to explore, new objectives to complete And it's going to come first to Epic Game Store and Steam, which is where The Long Dark is available. And it will also be coming to the game's console releases at a later date. So this is more than just a survival game. It's really a simulation of survival. As a player, you have to monitor temperature, your hunger and your thirst. And all the time, you're at the mercy of this sort of unforgiving northern wasteland landscape that you're in and also the creatures that you're sharing that space with blaine kylo and solocore.com we're talking about the gaming steam is the online gaming service that you can go and play your games on uh what's new there yeah crisis trilogy which is um a games that first came out sort of between 2007 and 2013 these were pretty formative first person shooter games super soldiers trying to resist an alien invasion of earth is the sort of basis of it all um they were released as a trilogy and as a remastered trilogy for consoles a couple of years ago and on november 17th that trilogy is being released on steam so you're going to have an opportunity to really push the visuals in this game with the kick butt systems that you have um, in the pc world for guys like me that played video games with only a couple of buttons new controllers are complicated I think as we fast forward in time, what is a steering wheel in a car to me for next generations might start to look more like a video game controller. Yeah, once you get the hang of it, 
um, controllers make sense. And in fact, if you're really good, you want to configure the controller so that your fingers can do what you want them to do as opposed to what the developers conceived of. PlayStation's first customizable and um, programmable controller is called the DualSense Edge. We now know that it's going to cost $270 when it releases in Canada on January 26th. That's a bit high. Um, it's 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 quite the it's quite the price tag. Um, so I haven't seen this thing. We don't really know much more about it, except that the buttons are mappable. The triggers have adjustable lengths. You can change the sensitivity on the thumbsticks, and you can actually replace the thumbsticks. So there are some cool features to it. Uh, we'll see in January if it's worth the two hundred and seventy dollar price tag. Cool. That's steep. But I guess the technology is not the same as it used to be, right? Things have changed. Um, yeah, I think the idea is being able to configure it the way you want comes at a premium. And if you can actually replace the parts and keep the controller and make it last longer, maybe there's some justification for a higher price tag because it means you don't have to replace them as often. Blaine Kylo here on The Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. And Apple... Perfect timing leading up to Christmas. I mean, the iPhones just officially were available, and now they've just kind of quietly slid in some new action for Christmas. Yeah, it was kind of a surprise stealth announcement last week. Uh, a couple of new iPads now in Apple's list. Uh, the, uh, the updated iPad Pro has now got the M2 chip that the company is using in the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. This is the best chip that they've got out there right now. Also comes with better wireless connectivity. So the iPad Pro, really, that's the professional one. If you really need your iPad for graphics or if you're using it for any kind of production and things like that, that's the one you want to go with. Um, it also has support for the second generation Apple Pencil. And they've got this new feature called Hover. So you can actually, as you bring the Apple Pencil close to the screen, it actually activates. And so you can actually do different things before the stylus actually touches the screen, which enables all kinds of things that developers can do with that sort of proximity sensing. Um, the new iPad Pro comes in two sizes, an 11-inch for uh, starting at about $1,100 and a 12.9 inch, which is what the other iPad Pros have been sized at. And that one's uh, just under $1,500. There's a new base model iPad, which comes in four actually really nice colors, including a yellow and a pink and a blue. Um, it's 10.9 inches in screen size and starts at $599. So that's really a base model iPad. Um, and sports the new design that the iPads have now, which is a little more square and a little more, it's still thin and flat, but just a, a bit of a different design. Also a new Apple TV 4K, which comes in at 179 or 199 if you want to add an Ethernet port. And what it's going to bring is the new HDR standard. And it also will allow up to two sets of wireless headphones to be connected at any one time. So if you oh, want to smart. listen to your TV quietly, two of you can do that at the same time. Isn't it a, such a scam? Remember when they used to charge us extra to have Wi-Fi capability? And now they're charging us extra to go backwards in time and have a plug on it. Yeah, well, you know, it's all the components, right? So... You actually, if you can strip the Ethernet port out, it means you can build it cheaper and you can have it actually smaller and it uses less energy if you don't have to have that Ethernet port. 
So yeah, if you want the Ethernet port now, that is a premium price. If you've got the Ethernet cable available, though, I recommend going with it because as good as your Wi-Fi may be, it's never going to be as good as a hardline. You know what they're going to do next? You watch. Write this down. This I'm shaking up the snow globe. Write this down in my prognostication of the future, Blaine. They're going to start charging subscription fees to use the phone app on your iPhone. They're going to be like, it costs extra if you want to make phone calls. Uh, I'm not sure the last time you negotiated with your mobile provider, but I think that they're already they doing already, that. They already do that. Crap. All right. Uh, thanks for being here. If you want to follow along on the blog, shiftheads.ca, blankhilo, and solocore.com. Thanks, buddy. Have a great week.